Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Last week, the Wembley dream ended. This week, the Twickenham dream went the same way. But are we downhearted? Yes. <laughs> it's time for all the news and the gossip from the Sports Village, Lowfields and Kellam Road on the show where the stars tell you what went right and what went wrong on another weekend of local sport. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith. This is Radio North Sport and these are the headlines that uh, we're going to be talking about tonight. An understrength Newark Town team scored their winner at bottom club Sutton Rovers in the 8th minute of injury time with Ed Munton the hero of the hour it's 10 years since he scored his only other goal for town, he knows when to score nearest rivals Dinnington was 2 down at one stage but they managed to claim all 3 points The works bounce back from last week's disappointment in Lancashire with arguably their best away performance of the season at Boldmere St Michael's to open a three-point gap at the top of the Midland Football League. And the New York Rugby Club did indeed bow out of the National Intermediate Cup at the Midlands semi-final stage, going down 24 points to 10 at Leighton Buzzard. The home side winning the tri-count by four one. And the first defeat of the season for the hockey men, and it was a big one. 6 1 at third place, Beeston. And it got no better for the ladies' ones after waiting for over an hour for the frost to go away. They lost by the odd goal in three to Ashbourne. Southall City led a 3 1 lead disappear at second bottom Cavaliers to lose top spot of the Not Senior League. But better news for the Minster men's rugby players. They beat Moderns and move into a promotion spot. That dream of playing at Kellam Road. That's what they're after. And finally, our Newark and Sherwood Sports Person of the Year, James Brinkat-Smith, continued his winning ways by collecting his sixth gold medal at the British Powerlifting Championships. No, Paul Halfpenny tonight. He's uh, not very well confined to his bed, Paul. Just take it easy, please, mate. We need you back on the radio. Look after, just look after yourself a little bit. No Eden Tranter, because uh, it was a bit cold for the Newark Town ladies on Sunday morning. They didn't have a game. Um, but we have got an extended conversation with Rob Wildman. Um, <clears throat> we'll obviously start uh, talking about Newark, but... Uh, the major rugby story, of course, is the Saracens story, um, yeah. of which, you know, is turning the rugby world upside down. For many years, rugby was able to take the moral high ground, and we're not at that place now. People didn't like football because it was governed by money, cycling because of doping scandals, athletics because of corruption, and rugby has descended into that now. This is big news. It is, but I think it's the right decision because... If you, as we were discussing before the program, if you're going to break wage barriers uh, as they have done, then obviously money's not an object. So what's the point in finding them? If 
you're going to make a statement, kick him out. I mean, it's quite good, isn't it? When it's, it's quite ironic when when you say, right, either we inspect your books or you get relegated, and they say, okay, we'll take relegation. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's not very. Uh, James Bond, is it? It's not. It's but, not, but, is but, it? But basically, uh, if they were a northern side, I would do my damnedest to, to excuse them, but the southerners, so what? <laughs> um, <laughs> let me get on to my favourite subject before we go, before we go local. And Manchester United's top scorer, Marcus Rashford, <laughs> could be out for at least six weeks with a stress factor, according to Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, Marcus Rashford had a stress fracture of his back there's only one thing that puts a stress factor right and that is total and absolute rest yeah so they bring him on in an fa cup tie he's now got a double stress factor of his back i mean it would be brainless for a step five club to do it the biggest club in the world bringing a player on who's already been diagnosed with a stress factor come on i was listening to um talk sport this evening and somebody said, putting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in charge of Manchester United is a bit like when the PE teacher's off and the math teacher takes it. <laughs> well, I have been, I have been his depth. banging on about this for quite a long time, but I... I, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I, uh, you know, tonight's comment on the radio. But I honestly thought when Oli took over that uh, it was the right fit at the right time and um, it's still pulling out one or two results that would indicate that they are 30 points behind liverpool but he's also and liverpool have some, a game in hand he's also making some howlers <laughs> former manchester united knighted right back gary neville has criticized the club's recruitment saying things are going to get badder told at trafford united are five points adrift of a champions league spot and he's blaming the terrible investments. The Man United squad costs more than the Liverpool squad. Yeah. So doesn't that tell you something? They got rid of they and they got rid of Lukaku and didn't replace him. Or even Rashford, the only recognised yeah. out and out forward, and he's really a winger. Yeah, it's um <coughs> Sorry, but from 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 when I supported him initially, I think um the the wheels come off unfortunately and and the fact that it's going so well at Anfield is only accentuating that isn't it which <laughs> is really it's rubbing it is rubbing certain noses somewhere isn't it but you know I mean mm. I, I, I get back you don't play a player that is injured you don't no I mean especially as he dropped off the blinking team it's an FA Cup match in any case the I mean there, there are very very few footballers who play while a hundred percent fit these days and um but a stress fracture of of the back you just you know you, you don't let the lad get out of bed do you argue i mean you know i mean i've known people who has not come come back from these things tony yeah, yeah you know it is that that bad it is that serious but i mean uh you know it's um it's it, it's it's part of the general malaise at the club, isn't it? You know, it's it's um And it all comes all stems from the manager. It's, Sorry, it's, it's, but it's, it does it's, it's very, very difficult to find anything good you to say. You picked somebody about who United was in the, the Norwegian fourth division. 
and ask him to manage the biggest club in the world. And this is what you get. An absolute mess. We're going to talk to a club now that's not in an absolute mess, of course, because they're, they're top of the table and they are flying. But I think they probably used to get out of jail card on Saturday. So let's find out uh, if Mr Joins agrees with me or not. And that, of course, means it's time that we go on to what we like to call the weekend wrap. We're talking to Tony Joins from Newark Town. We're talking to Craig Roach from Newark Flow Serve and Rob Wardman from Newark Rugby Club. No Paul Halfpenny, as I've said this week, is not very well. Paul, get well soon. We need you back. Uh, we need you back on the radio. Newark Town went to uh, bottom of the table, Sutton Rovers, on Saturday, um, looking in theory for an easy three points. It actually turned out to be anything but an easy three points, and uh, it was a Saturday afternoon that I would have think the manager would probably like to forget in a hurry and move on. Um, welcome back to Radio Newark. Newark Town's uh, joint manager, Tony Joins. Tony, um... An afternoon, I think, um, to forget? Uh, well, certainly not forget, because we ended up getting the result we wanted, but uh, we're certainly made uh, to work for it, definitely. Um, I did say right at the top of the show that, uh, you know, everybody has a get-out-of-jail card, and uh, you probably use yours. Yeah, definitely. I think for the last two weeks we've not been playing the best, but um, certainly on Saturday we got brought down to a level that they wanted us to be at. Uh, they did stop us playing... Uh, the football that we've been known for playing this year and um, you know you've got to give them a lot of credit for doing that to be fair and sometimes uh, that's what you have to do isn't it Get, give the opposition credit because I mean when you're top of the table you be, you're there to be shot at aren't you well I think we, I mean I said it uh, after the Dinnington game you know the games from here on in now will be a cup final every game um, you know and stand by that and the games we've had uh, well apart from the Harworth game um you know, it's been pretty much like that, to be fair. And we found out against uh, Thorn last week that uh, we wasn't going to have it all our own way. Um, and certainly on Saturday, uh, to give Sutton a lot of credit for that, they they certainly stopped us playing football. Although it wasn't the best of pitches, uh, you've got to look uh, further than that, and you've got to grind the results out. And I'm pleased to say. Uh, it was a little bit late in doing it, but I'm pleased to say we did grind it out <laughs> and we did get the result that we wanted. So. Um. I read in the report that uh, that Richie did, it was an under-strength side. Um, you're not getting injuries just at the wrong time of the season, are you? Um, we had a couple of people that was out through work. Um, we have got a little couple of minor injuries. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't like to call it an under-strength side because obviously you like to think that the players that you're bringing in for players that aren't there um, are just as capable of uh, doing well in the situation that they get the chance to and um, you know we probably missed or we was missing probably out the first team squad five six players um, you know would they made a difference on the day well it's all hearsay at the end of the day at the end of the day the lads that went out there on Saturday um, although we did struggle to get uh, a little bit of rhythm together we did uh, go out there and we got the uh, job done um, a little bit later than I would have liked but <laughs> <laughs> um, they certainly uh, got the job done in the end. At the end of the day, it's three points and a plus goal. So, um, 
I'm told he goal scorer. It's ten years since he last scored a goal for town. That was quite timely then, wasn't it? Well, to be fair, I was struggling to see who actually struggled in the back of the net, to be honest. But when I saw Ed Munson running 100 mile an hour around the pitch, I thought <laughs> it had been him. <laughs> With a big beam on his face, no doubt. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, he's, he's doing a good job for his head, you know. He, 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 um, he, if we've got that position that needs playing um, or doing, you know, be it midfield, in goal, obviously, of course, he can cover in goal. Uh, anywhere across the back line, he can play midfield. He's, you know, he's. He's a very useful player for us. <laughs> and, of course, he's somebody that um, doesn't get a game every week, but when you want him, he's there. And those are the sort of players that every football club needs. Uh, a lot of football clubs don't don't have that uh, usage that we've got with Ed. You know, Ed's been brilliant for us this year. He's not once moaned. Uh, you know, he pretty much... I mean, obviously, he does work away in the week a little bit, so he can't make every training session. But I know when he's in Newark, he's always there. Um, you know he's, he's he's always there with the banter with the lads you know he never lets it get him down um, and if you tell him with two minutes to go that we need you to go on he always does it no moaning no griping he gets warmed up and he goes on, goes on job so without players like Ed Munson which uh, uh, every team really needs within their squad uh, you know you would struggle definitely but Mono was scoring for fun when he was playing for floor serve reserves when he joined the well, it all depends where you play him, Tony. To be fair, and what league you're playing in, of course. Yeah. Where, 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 where did he bring Mono on then? Because I mean, he he obviously sort of found his way to the front at, at the right time. Well, it was a set piece that uh, resulted the uh, final goal, and obviously, literally, unfortunately for one of their players, he went down with a bad injury. Literally, a couple of minutes to go. Um, uh, luckily, hopefully, it wasn't too serious for the guy. I, I have spoke to the guy since. Uh, but obviously, that just kind of put a dull end to the game. And obviously, literally two minutes left to play of normal time. And obviously, uh, Ed came on at centre half. We got a set piece quite a way into uh, stoppage time. To be fair, so literally, we chucked everyone forward for the last gasp attempt to try and seal victory. And. Uh, the ball bobbled and Ed went and stuck it in the roof of the net with a good, good lad so, good lad uh, much a relief for me um, <laughs> I think I went through 20 fags I think that goes <laughs> did you go for a run round the pitch as well then well I would have done mate but to be honest I've got a sore knee so I can't really <laughs> that thing, I, <laughs> uh, I mean they do say don't they when, when you're at the top it, I won't say you get the look, but when, when you're at the, the, the bottom, you don't. And it, 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 Sutton would say it went that way on Saturday, but you make your own look as well. Well, I did see a tweet off the Sutton guys who we left on good terms. I mean, they, to be fair, they did what they wanted to do. They tried to upset us. They tried to make things as difficult for us as they could. And, and they did that. And to be fair, uh, we, we left on good terms after the game. We went back for their place for a drink and we had a chat and that. And, uh, he put uh, one of the guys put a post on Twitter that I cannot believe we didn't get three points. <clears throat> to which I replied, I don't know what three points you're thinking about, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, you, you play to the end of the difference between the top and the bottom in some stages that you do carry on right way through to the end, and we did. And unfortunately for us, it fell for us. Exactly. And you have to say a little bit of lady look look down on uh, Saturday. Um, and, 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 and you deserve it, because there's plenty of times over the last few years when it certainly hasn't. 
Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, we've been there. You know, we've been where uh, teams are at the bottom of the league, and it's not nice. And obviously, when um, myself and Demo, um, or when Demo took over last year, and I came and helped him uh, last year, we, we, we was in that same scenario where you think you're having a great game against second, third, fourth, whoever you're playing, and then they go and stick one in ten minutes to go, and you lose two one to second in the league, and you think, well, you're all that hard work. And they was pretty much in that position, to be fair. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of hard work and the grafted and I want to say it's uh, a way I like to see teams play um, but they certainly did a job on us and uh, in the end we did have enough to pull through and, and obviously grab the points and, uh, and you probably didn't know but at one stage on Saturday afternoon Dinnington was, was too and was too adrift and was well, all thinking come on come on this is this is the result that we need yeah, well, we obviously had an early kickoff. We was a two o'clock kickoff, so pretty much when we'd come off at half time, uh, they was obviously getting ready to start and play. And then obviously uh, we had a couple of people behind us with phones, obviously saying, "Oh, you know, sort of Dillington's this, Dillington's that." So obviously, by the time we'd finished, obviously because we kicked off an hour earlier compared to where Dillington had, um, I think the score they'd just gone in at two one down. I think at half time. So, yeah, you know, we'd got away with it at Sutton. Uh, and then you kind of think that this might be the turning point back into our favour. They're 2-1 down at half-time to Staveley, who are a good, strong side, to be fair, even though they are quite low down the league. And we've just picked up a miracle result against Sutton um, on the day where we actually had to work hard for it and actually back, had to pull it through. We had to roll the sleeves up and get stuck in, so... Oh, the road sh- the road show moves on to another Saturday in Rennishaw visiting and, an- and another tough game. It's going to be a tough game, yeah. You know, we beat them three 0 just after Christmas, um, but it was an odd work three nil. Um, and and you know what? I mean, we've got nine games left now, um, and they're all going to be tough. You know, the yeah. one the, I think the week after that we've got Retford. Now that one's going to be. Uh, in my opinion probably the toughest of a running to be honest yeah. with you uh, they're obviously a good side and they're in a bit of form aren't they and they've signed a few players on and they're in a bit of form like you say and uh, we've played them three times and drew three times with them this year already so that's going to be a toughie on their patch as well and but, so that will be a big one for us but before then get yourselves down to the sports village on Wednesday night Tony send quarter to eight kick off is it quarter to eight or half seven because it's going to be extra time if Necessary. Um, it's a quarter to eight. Kick it is quarter to eight. And right. Goes straight to penalties. There's no extra time. Oh right. I'm led to believe. Ah, that's right. how you're doing it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as long as you agreed with both sides yes. uh, on how you want to do it, so we've agreed to uh, if the score is the same at uh, ninety minutes, we go straight to penalties. Ninety minutes of penalties. Right. Yeah. Yeah, to, to be honest, I don't want no more penalties. I've been in enough penalty shoots out this year already, so... Uh, <laughs> You've had enough we, of them. Yeah, get it. just give me a comfortable 2-0 win against Kimber, I'll <laughs> that anyway. That will do very nicely. Tony, we'll see you on Wednesday after we've finished here. Um, and let's uh, hope for that comfortable 2-0 win. I say, uh, after Saturday, the fingernails need a bit of... Uh, Tender loving care, I should think. I'll have to start on my toes on Wednesday night. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, main thing is, Tony, you look in the results feed, you won 2 1, you got three points. It doesn't matter exactly. when it was, you got three points. End of. Move on. Great stuff. Okay, good guys, stuff. Thanks, thanks, Tony. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Bye bye. Cheers. <laughs> Ready?
So, after a trip to deepest um, Lancashire, one week goes by and we all find ourselves going to uh, deepest Birmingham, to Sutton Coalfield, to play a team called Boldmere St. Michael's. Um, Craig Roach, good evening. It was an en- enjoyable afternoon out, as it turned out. Good evening, mate. Yeah, good day Saturday for everybody involved. Yeah, great result. Let's start, if we can, with the decision that you made before the match started, because it's a brave decision to rest the captain. Yes, yeah, never easy one. Um, you know, we spoke to Tom um, before the game and just explained uh, our reasons behind it. Um, you know, and Tom. Uh, was professional about it like what I would expect and uh, took it on the chin and then come and answered his critics when uh, <laughs> when he come on with the goal so that's, that's exactly what we, what we wanted Can we say on the radio what he said to both of you when he scored that wonder goal and ran straight to you both? Um, he didn't say anything actually he <laughs> ju- just jumped on me <laughs> No, he was just delighted It's uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure there when you're at the top end of the table and you know, Tom as a captain feels it as much as anybody um, so yeah it was, it, was a, it was a great release for him to, to come on and, and, and get some joy it, like that it, was a great goal I mean the way I, I look at it from just somebody who watches football it's not a problem area it's actually abundance of riches and you've got three top quality centre halves um, of which obviously you can't play them all the centre halves so one of them's playing in front of the back four and does that take a little bit out of the midfield then is that the thinking behind it Craig? Um, not really I think um, obviously you've got to get the balance right as well like you say the, the three good players are, are fighting for two shirts so you know we need competition all over the park um, basically you know the lads, lads going to earn the shirts on on deserving it through, through performances and form so um, you know, sometimes we'll make changes whether home or away what, what shape we're playing um, and for a few weeks Tom did a job for us just in front of the back four just trying because we were conceding two goals, I think we conceded seventeen goals in in eight games. So that was a, it was an area we certain, certainly were looking to address. Um, so it was, it was pleasing that uh, we shored things up at the back on Saturday. Um, that, 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 say that's an area we've been working on over the last few weeks, and certainly in the second half we started to see see the efforts that we've been putting in um, come come out on the pitch. So. Maybe that's a big step forward for us. Boldmere St Michael's are a club that is, is most definitely on the up. They've changed the manager. He's a manager that's coming from, from Stafford Rangers. Uh, he's brought some of his players with him. Um, they're in cracking form at the moment. And when they went one up in two minutes and then hit the post about five minutes later, we was beginning to think it could be a long afternoon. But absolute total credit to to the flow serve lads once they'd got the measure of the plastic pitch they was the ones that was playing the football yeah um, I agree like, like, like you say Boldmere uh, uh, side on the up um, I can understand why oh, the manager's gone there now from, from Stafford um, certainly going in the right direction they've got a great setup uh, down there and they've been in like you say they've been in great form they won 12 the last 14 including wins there was against Kelso and the likes of Warsaw Wood um, so yeah very very strong side so I, I was the same as you the first 10 minutes so I thought it was going to be a long afternoon they, it is, they come out the traps very quickly and uh, we didn't deal with them in the first 10 minutes but yeah we soon got to grips with the game after that and it's um, 
be fair, it was a, it was a fair result, and it could have been a few more, apart from a, being a little bit more clinical in front of the goal and a few good saves from the goalkeeper. I thought, you know, it, it, I always listen to what's being said, and the managers was both of you was basically imploring your back four to push up to take away the damage that was being done by a very, very good pair of wingers. Mm. Yeah, it was number 10. Um, like I say, they had a very good pair of wingers, but the number 10 was causing us a problem in the first 10 minutes, just dropping in them pockets of space, um, much like much like what happened at Longridge the week before. You know, and we, uh, we didn't get, nobody went with him, and then we just managed to pick them pockets and, you know, op- open us up, making the gaps too big in our back four. Um, but we did that, we squeezed tighter on it, closed them gaps, and we were happy to deal with the ball, ball in behind, which we did. And um, once we took that away from them and nullified that threat, um, it, was, it was one-way traffic. Really. It, it was one-way traffic. Um, right, player watch. Messiah McDonald um, is looking fitter, stronger, yeah. and is looking like a quality player. Yeah, um, I say we took Messiah on. Um, he scored on his debut, and then we, we really didn't see enough from him. To, to what we expected but you know he's been out of the game for a while um, sidelined and not, get, not getting his game at Ilkeston um, but we started to see see what we can what we expected from him now he's working really hard he's going to um, Lee Hill who does, who's our fitness and conditioning guy three times a week at Chilwell Barracks um, so we're only going to see more from, from Messiah and um, yeah, I thought he looked dangerous throughout the game on, on Saturday we've got another good 60-70 minutes into him so we'll, we'll keep building that and Hopefully we'll get a better Messiah every week. And a massive, massive Southall City footballing name playing for Flowserve. Nangle. Yes, from Ello, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a great player for Southall and um you know, he's kinda of lost his way a little bit this um this season and not been getting any active football. Um he expressed an interest to come across. And um, you know, anyone that can who's got a a record of goal scoring like like Romello has and uh, and the pace that he possesses you know, it's going to cause people problems, so it'll be another good asset for us to have. Excellent. And, and like Tony and Newark Town, you've got County Cup action at the weekend, um, and you're going to your old friend at the weekend on Wednesday night, and you're going to your old friends at Selston. Yeah, short trip to Selston on Wednesday for the Knotts Cup. Um, so I think the forecast is good. There's no rain due, so hopefully we'll get that game on. They've, uh, they've been uh, falling behind on the fixtures there with the struggling with the pitch, but. Um, uh, I think it's promising that game's going to be on and then big uh, local derby on, on Saturday local derby as much as to get in our league yep. uh, long eating coming across so another tough game there I, I think on. Wednesday in my world is important it's an important because of a simple reason that if you win you are seeded next season and yeah. you haven't got to worry about the county cup until yeah. this stage you're already seeded in the Vars if, assuming you don't get promoted and this this can only but help. So it is an important match on Wednesday night to get that seed in. Yeah, definitely. It's a difficult one because um, obviously we want to progress in all, in all competitions and, like I say, especially the Knotts Cup. It's locally it's the most prestigious trophy we've got um, and, a, and a great opportunity to progress there. Um, you know, we picked up a few knocks on Saturday. Um, you know, the league the league has to take priority for us, um, so we just have to try and use the squad and go out as, as strong as we can and make sure that we, we manage the squad and, and injuries um, enough to get the result on Wednesday and go in as strong as we can. That's coded way for saying you and Kirk is up front, is it? 
<laughs> no, it's not quite that drastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best to look Wednesday night, the same as I said to Tony, the best to look, it'd be great to see two Newark sides um, in the quarterfinals. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. So uh, get out there, do a job, and we'll see you all on Saturday for what you say is what we've got the closest to a local derby. Thank you. Brilliant, Craig. Thanks. Good night. Bye. And a quick word on Boldmere St Michael's, because, you know, I, I love going... To new grounds um <coughs> it was the best plastic pitch i've been to um it's very difficult on the radio but basically they'd sunk the pitch um and so you're you're elevated by six to eight foot all around it mm. and you've got a different perspective and a different view of, of, of the game and, and and i love that the hospitality is how you should do hospitality and we even add a vicar we had a football in vicar I, I was a bit disappointed uh, at the end. Uh, not with the result, but the fact that I couldn't use your headline. St. Michael's Our Pants. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, wonderful, wonderful day. And um, it was the perfect antidote to what happened in Lancashire the previous week because I came away from that one very, very disappointed. I'll just think to himself, you know, and it's here the days of Flow Serve, it's here the days for Newark Town, but everybody I've seen so far, if. Newark Town or Flow Serve could end up like anybody. I'd like them to end up like Boldmere St Michael's. Well, yeah, it was it was it was a nice day out, uh, but it was the result. And uh, in the bar afterwards, I was sat next to Kevin Pressland, and I don't think I've seen anybody happier in my life. It, it was it was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> I just, I mean, obviously, you're probably all more supporters than I. I just go and take take everything in, but. Having a chat to um, the Midland Football League and the Boldmere St Michael's chaplain before the game, the most knowledgeable man on football, and he was explaining their how how they're going, and they 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 took out a loan to to lay the four G, and this loan had a six year repayment on it, but there's a fifteen year life on it. So after the six years, then they could have a player budget then they could move forward so to bring the man in from Stafford Rangers the manager and and that's the stage that they're on now it's all planned out they know exactly where they're going there's some fantastic new changing rooms going up it it it, it is my new favorite club apart from the newer clubs did you get hold of a program no because in the program the uh the chaplain had come up to uh, Lowfields and had a wander around the uh, Newark Flow Serve ground and he wrote a three-page report with pictures in the programme that was absolutely exceptional. There you go. In other words, Mr Smith, get your finger pulled out. <laughs> right, um, let's turn to rugby, Cal, because Tony's going to ring Rob Wildman for us because we've got masses and masses to talk about um, when it comes to rugby. Not only a cup semi-final for, um, for Newark Rugby Club, but the major national sporting story um, at the moment, of course, is what's happening in the rugby world and what's happening to Saracens. Um, it's a... For you football fanatics out there, it's the FA relegating Liverpool because of financial irregularities. It's as simple as that. Not the FA would ever be man enough to do that. But that's, that's exactly what this amounts to. Um, the rugby union guys uh, have really 
dug the reels in and said, right, this is it. But I'll let Rob explain everything because it's, it's been intriguing everybody in sport for an awful long time. There's many, many unanswered questions. We're not talking to Paul tonight, as I keep saying. Um, Paul's not too well. We will do a quick hockey roundup when we finish with um, talking to Rob. But um, Rob's with us now. So, uh, Rob Wildman, are you sitting comfortably? Here, Mick. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Can we start, um, please, with the important bits, and that's um, New York Rugby Club on Saturday um, losing out closely to very, very good Leighton Buzzard side. No, it was a good, it was an excellent trip um, from a social side. I thoroughly enjoyed my day out at Leighton Buzzard. So I've, I've never been there before, although we had played them before in the league. But my uh, my memory can't remember going there before. So yeah, we had a good day out. Um, we lost twenty four ten. You say it was a close game. They were always in charge. Uh, again, we made a we made a bad start, and that, that's what really did us. Um, we got uh, somehow we got ourselves seventeen nil down. Uh, whether get, whether it's a long bus trip or what, we just didn't start, and we, we also had two players sinbinned in the first thirty odd minutes. We got back into the game just before half-time, scored a very good try through full-back Robbie Hunter-Shaw, which Alex O'Dell converted from the touchline. So that got us back, in, back into things at half-time, 17-7. And we, the second half, um, we were much better. We, we got a penalty back to make it 17-10. So we, we were right back in the hunt at that stage. We, we forced, we, we played wide we, and we had a couple of chances didn't take them or didn't finish them off a little bit frustrated and, and Leighton Buzzard who would, who would play some pretty good rugby in the first half they nipped in and, and got the crucial try late on 24-10 we had no complaints about, about the defeat uh, we, were, we, we just needed to be, be brighter at the start mm. I, I, I was thinking about that because you know that actually mirrors Newark Flowserve on their long coach journey to Lancashire the previous week and you know you, you, uh, that's our two senior clubs long long three hour coach journeys uh, and will be on the Fondon roundabout it's yeah <laughs> fun, I think I it? think that's probably about the point yes you know we, we struggle don't we I, I think you know uh, perhaps we should helicopter them down next time <laughs> <laughs> it might it might help <laughs> them a little bit hey, what else happened in the world of Newark Rugby Club over the weekend it's easy to be flippant about these things isn't it um we just weren't very bright. I must be, as you know, I'm a pretty old-fashioned uh, waller, and I just wanted us to stick up, the, stick the ball up the jumper a bit more. <laughs> we, love our, we love our twenty-meter uh, floaty passes across the midfield. Well, they're, they're beautiful when they come off, but my word, you know, we we had a bit of a we had a bit of a little bit of strength up front. Um, I just think when the first maul of the game and you shove it back 10, 15 metres, uh, the, the light bulb should go on and say, Houston, Houston, you know, we, we have a bit of strength here, but um, perhaps that's, I'm on the touchline, I just see it too black and white. I've, I've not heard that phrase, stick the ball up the jumper for many years, Rob. Well, as you know, I'm a, hey, <laughs> let's, don't, don't think of a new cliche where an old one can do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. Um, get the message. The, oh, yeah. the world of rugby has now entered an area of uncertainty. Yeah. Or, for many years, rugby was able to take the moral high ground, and right. that's not the place now. Or, 
People didn't like football because it was governed by money, cycling because of doping scandals, athletics because of corruption, and rugby has now descended into that. How do we regain people's trust? And the conversation, of course, is Saracen's Rugby Union Football Club. And the decision now has been taken that um, they are going to be relegated at the end of the season. And I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, that is taken with the rugby authorities saying either we look at your your books or you accept relegation. Is that correct? That's just about the, some, some parts of it all, yeah. Um, so if the turnaround says, well, OK, we'll have relegation then, th- that really does... I, again, I, I'm not for the intricacies of it. Um, I've become more and more astounded by it. Um, as I, as, I, as I thought more and more today about it, you, you've got to remember two things: the Premiership run run their own competition. It's not governed. Although the, the game, the, the actual playing of the games is governed by the RFU, obviously, because they're the governing body of the sport. But the actual competition and the rules the Premiership clubs play by are decided among themselves. And all this fuss over Saracens and, and the demotion of Saracens. It's been coming for the last ten years or more. Um, whenever they, since, since they brought in the salary cap, which must be over nearly probably best part fifteen years ago, there's been stories and, and commentators saying that very few clubs were following the salary cap. If they had the money, or the, the bigger, richer clubs were overspending on the salary cap, doing all kinds of inducements to get players to their clubs, and, and basically ignoring their own rules. Um, it, again, a lot of this is in hindsight, and within the hindsight, the RFU, you know, God bless them, have allowed the Premiership to run their own business from the word go. The Premiership clubs have held a gun to the um, RFU over the release of England players. So the whole matter is, uh, you, you say that suddenly rugby's lost its moral high ground. Well, hey, we've been poking around in the uh, soft stuff in rugby, in professional rugby, ever since it started. Um, so I, I don't think we're any different to any other sport. Um, moral high ground, um, maybe some moral high ground in, in, in what the, the sport stands for in the, in the grassroots and, and, and the way we, we try to uh, um, show young players the standards we're after, uh, etc. But uh, I think in the, in the professional in rugby, it's grubby, grubby, grubby. <laughs> So the the talk at work today of the obvious questions, and I said, well, don't worry about any of that. I know a man that's um, going to answer all these tonight. Um, have Exeter got any right to even take it to court? To oh, I don't think they're going. I think this. I think what's happened is uh, again they've agreed among themselves uh, to try and prevent dirty washing being washed in public. I can't see Exeter going to court. I think this is a compromise deal. Sarans, Saracens are, are taking the hit. You've got to remember the Premiership Rugby have got a new chairman, new chief executive. They've just sold 40% of their shares um, to this uh, outside company who are, who are going to act as agents to promote the Premiership worldwide. And I think the new the new blood in the Premiership have decided, well, we've got to clean the stables. And, and, and this is it. This is and We've got to take the hit. Um... And this is what Exeter's been asking for, isn't it, really, that they are relegated? I think, that, I think when Saracens failed to comply with the original... They were deducted 35 points. And, and obviously, the more and more they look at these things, they've just, they're just 
irresponsibly over just ignored the salary cap it's astounding um, and, and now am i led to believe then that the owner the the chairman the man that bankrolls saracens has actually sort of um retired walked away well, no, left him to it away. He, he stood down from um his role but he's, he's still there as a benefactor he, he was watching the game yesterday with nigel ray what um what will happen now then then robert i mean i'm i'm what one assumes that there is no way they can keep people like the England captain. And the, I've got um, a question how, how it will, I think how it will unravel and what the players will do next season. Um, I, I just don't know. I, I expect some players will stay um, as ever. At, ever at, at the end of every season, there's a turnover of players. There's a group of senior players out of contract. So you expect them... Um, to look for other roles in the sport and, and, and um, there's some talk of some of the players going to France but again if, if they go to France on loan how would it um, affect their England positions obviously there's a stance taken by the RFU you have to play for have to play in England to play for England um, I don't know I think that's that's a fascination now how it, how it will unravel um, no, no one quite knows reading the, the reports today um that will you know it'll take place over the next two weeks when um they, they see plays individually I, I keep getting messages while i'm chatting away to you yes. saracen should have been relegated with west hartlepool in the first year of professional rugby well, in 95 96 but the ceo taught the rfu um, out of it good good memory whoever that is um they avoided it I forget how they avoided it but yes in, again I was talking you know how you, you say rugby's got suddenly lost its moral <coughs> high ground we've never had any moral high ground in the professional rugby that, that thing with West Hartlepool and Saracens is over 20 years ago I, I can't remember the ins and outs now I think it was to do with Roth uh, I'm not too sure Rotherham but uh, no it's fair point no it, look professional rugby's been grubby 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 that's why we all like grassroots sports so much Look, hey, hey, it's money, 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 isn't it? It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Drives. I think the, the game from me, the, the point from me is now. Obviously, the Premiership have extended their season. They're playing into June this year. Uh, they've now got no relegation issues. Um, it's going to be pretty sterile, I think. You know how many sort of um, semi-interested fans and supporters will go to these games in June, or, or uh, will they be able to? To, to pack out Twickenham for their Premiership final, which this year is going to be, I think, the third week of June. Because I mean, it, 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 so, it is I dead, isn't it? Already, because you, you've got. I mean, we know now that Saracens are going down, and we know Newcastle's with their t even their team is m much, much better than anything else in the Championship. Mm. Played nine one nine, so it's I all sorted, isn't it? There's ongoing talks over the, you know, the future structure of the of the, the two of the two top leagues. Um, again, I don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, there's obviously some some of the Premiership clubs want um, no automatic promotion and relegation. You know, they want to have their own league um, without those restrictions um, or, or conditions. So again, it's an argument. The, the game's having an ongoing argument. But again, with new people at the RFU and new people at the Premiership. Um, Uh, there's ongoing talks are the rugby authorities right to relegate Saracens and is, and is all it's going to do affect the supporters you're talking about the rugby no, oh, the, 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 the premiership the premiership the premiership yeah 
Is, are, are they right, or are they penalising supporters? The RFU, throughout the history of Premiership, have allowed the Premiership to run their own sport, so or their own competition. The, the RFU just govern the matches. Um, it, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a little cabal uh, who, who have these... And, and, and they had the argument over the salary cap like, four or five years ago. Nigel Ray, who, who, who owned Saracens, and the guy who owns Bath, um, Bruce Craig, they wanted to scrap the salary cap. They lost the argument. The other clubs said, no, other, no, that's, that's just going to create an arms race we just can't control. Bath and Saracens were found guilty of, of breaking the salary cap four or five years ago. This wasn't dealt with properly. The, the, the issue was never made public. Bath and Saracens supposedly paid compensation in, in a hush-hush deal that was never made public. Uh, and Saracens obviously continued to overspend on the salary cap. But I think the turning point um, came last year when uh, new people came into the Premiership, including this, this company who have taken a 40% share, and they said, Houston, we've got a problem here, it can't go on. And the other clubs, led by Exeter, and probably backed up by the Leicesters and the Northampton, said, we've got to sort this out. And it's taken them five years to sort this argument out among themselves. Um, I've got the answer, actually, to um, the West Arkley Paul Saracens thing. Do you know the answer? I'm only guessing. It's something to do with Rotherham, wasn't it? Yes. Right, I, I, my memory's gone. They used the excuse <laughs> that Rotherham were playing on a public park. Well, Rotherham were playing at Clifton Lane, dear old Clifton Lane, with the best pine peas in the business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you ever want to go to... you ever Again, if you talk about rugby clubs and rugby teams, and we talk about money... Uh, you know, God bless Saracens yesterday, they beat um, Racing of Paris. Well, it just... Although money helps, you don't create rugby teams just by money. It's spirit, it's a, a collective will. So, so Saracens have got something very special. You know, their success over the last four or five years, okay, yes. Um, they've had all kinds of, of, of money thrown at them now, and whether we'll ever find out the actual Pacifics, it, I, I don't know, but they, they've created a winning team. And, and if, you, if I go back to my days at Rotherham when I was reporting... Rotherham was the most wonderful rugby club to go to. Okay, they had come, through, they had swept through the league from the same standard of, of the thing that was just ahead of Newark when the league started. But they had something, they had something special. And I remember watching Harlequins at Rotherham, and Dick Best, who went on to become England coach, he, he said to um, one or two reporters after a game where Will Carling had played at Rotherham. Rotherham had just got into the Premiership. Um, Oh, no, they played a cup game, sorry. They played a cup game at Rotherham. It was just before Rotherham got, got near the Premiership entry door. And they had a cup game, an old-fashioned John Player cup game, or whatever they called the National Cup in those days. And Dick Best turned to the press and said, whatever Rotherham have got, I want to take it home and bottle it, because it's his special. And it's, it wasn't just... Although Rotherham were paying boot money at the time, perhaps, and, and they had a, a very generous sponsor etc. They, they created something special so I think rugby teams, it's not all money money, Saracens do have something special but uh, they've, they've clearly overstretched the mark and I think it's not its not the actual breaking of, of, of the rule that annoys me really, it's like the Bloodgate affair with Harlequins um, what, I guess it's almost 10 years ago now the Bloodgate affair, it wasn't the it wasn't the actual offence, it's the cover up and you know Saracens were done um, this summer uh, it was. It wasn't announced until after the World Cup, out of respect for the World Cup and, and England. Um, and 
they still haven't ta- they still haven't um, tried to clear up their act. So it's only when the clubs among themselves get mad at them that um, you know, they, they've accepted this um, next punishment. Just you know, rather than fighting it, you know, at first they were going to go to court and fight it, but obviously the realization what mess they're in, they've, they've accepted relegation. So it's all, mate. It's a marvelous story. If you, it you, is. It's. Um, it's, it's the stuff of a reporter's dream. <laughs> Worth your on Saturday, much more important. Uh, I've, I've rambled on enough. Oh, you're <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, what, what have I said? What, what, what did I say this week? Well, what we didn't say is we're new car on Saturday. Oh, sorry. We're at Ilkeston, and I know you like kick-offs. Yes! It's a 3pm kick-off, we're under lights at Ilkeston. But we can't use them at Newark. Long story, Michael, don't get me on that. i only got eight minutes, and I've got an ad break to get in. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> and if, well, if people ask about food, I know you're interested in food. We had a lovely. Um, what did we have on Saturday? Edinburgh. It was, was chilli and um, jacket potatoes at, at oh, Leighton on Saturday. Yeah, very and nice. The week before, when we beat Dronfield, um, it was a lovely uh, steak pie at the club. Oh, I'm going. Right. Thank you very much, Mr. Wildman. Yeah, Three p.m. Um, at the um, Ilkeston on Saturday. Just a couple, quick couple of other things. Uh, good, great stuff by the second team. They've now undefeated in six games. They beat um, who did they beat Saturday? They beat Moderns Saturday. Um, so you know, well played there. And the under 16s are all. They beat. Um, they won. I think they won at Scunthorpe, forty points to seven. And there's a marvellous match report on the the club website under the under 16s, and you can find out all about the history of Scunthorpe. Brilliant. That's from Steph Milligan, so well done, Steph. Great. It's all there to read, yeah. Rob, I'm going to have to let you go. Time's running out. Thank you very much, mate. Bye-bye. Brilliant. Cheers, Rob. I knew that was going to be a joy, but I thought Kabul was the capital of Afghanistan. Uh, No, it's... uh, it's, But it may well be as well. Right, Okay. Um, Interesting, because I've been thinking sort of on and off all day that I know Flo Serve travel on coach trips regularly but that was a long coach trip mm. um, and Newark started slowly and Flo Serve definitely started slowly at Longridge I just wonder you know does he need to get there earlier and book himself into somewhere to have a sit down and a, and a cup of tea or something and a rest before arriving straight there getting changed and going out warming up well, basically, people will say a, a three-hour coach journey gives you a rest, but but it's, it's, it's what it takes out of the legs, and it, it, it takes you a bit to sort of get going again. It's, it's like it's like an hour age, Mick, when we've sat in a in a, in a chair for an hour. You know, it, it takes you a bit to get the legs going again, and I think uh, the, the rugby club found the same. Yeah, way I think there's something in it. Football. It definitely is. I'm, I'm sure. There's, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's something in it, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's a kind of it's a kind of you know, sort of poor man's form of jet lag, isn't it? Could you see um, the FA relegating Liverpool or, no. or, or, or whatever, or, or they would just fudge it? I mean, I've, um, I know Rob kept telling me it's not the rugby union that's doing it, in there, and it's a it's a Premiership, which is a different company, which is the same as in football, where the Premier League is a different company. But can you see the Premier League being as strong against Liverpool or Man City? No, but w- w- when you consider that money does talk these days. And what Saracens have overspent is probably what your average footballer gets paid an hour. So I mean, it's it, it's it's football's a completely different animal, and um, you know, sort of the, the, the money in football is massively 
more than it'll ever be in rugby union. But would it, is it just me being vindictive? But if I, if I was the boss at Exeter, and I'd finished second to them three years on the bounce, and they cheated all three years... Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't want them relegated. I'd want that trophy sit, sit, sitting down down there. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, it's a very uh, difficult scenario, isn't it? I mean, I, I wouldn't want a trophy given to me because somebody else had cheated. Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't what, what about Olympics? That they're un- the hand trophies to people 20 years after the event? Yeah, but you, you don't go, hey, you don't have the same relation. You don't. It's, it's a bit like VAR, isn't it? When you, when you score, you don't know whether you have them or not until some bloke in the at Stockley Park tells you you have. Yes, but VAR was used correctly at the weekend. The referee went and looked at the monitor... And every, everything in the world was perfect. Even the club that the player got sent off said that was the right thing to do. And it is the right thing to do. Yeah, if, if, if VAR was used correctly, Liverpool would have beaten Man United 3-0 yesterday. 4-0, rather. It's, it's just... Uh, I, I side completely with the Norwich City fans who chant, it's not football anymore. VAR is just a nonsense. But I mean, it's um, you know. But, but but regarding the rugby union, which is how we start this conversation, Saracens should be relegated, but Exeter shouldn't get trophies on the basis of Saracens cheating. Why? Because it wouldn't mean anything to the club, would it? If you win, then you've got. So Saracens are, are still Premiership winners four years on the bounce, way, even though all four of those years they cheated. Yeah, but I mean, when people look at those results, they will realise it was tarnished. I'll tell you what: if there's any, if if, if there is any other Premiership rugby clubs that's paying out over the odds, oh, I bet that's squeaky bum time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I bet they very quickly take relegation. Somebody said today the uh, next year's local derby is not um, Saracens Harlequins; it, it's Saracens against Ealing Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been to the Ealing Trailblazers ground. Have you? Yes. There's a stand there that takes about two, three hundred. And that's it. Who are you getting the info from? Is this part of our new Instagram setup? This is dedicated, dedicated sports people, mate. Is it? They played the national finals for the under-18 girls at Ealing Trailblazers. All right. And that's where we are. Right, tomorrow night, we have the wonderful Stacey Atkins in the studio. We have the wonderful... Graham doing his re- Striders report live at Sport HQ. I'm not sure if we have the equally wonderful Mr Smith you know what he's like these days he turns up when he feels like turning no up no game tomorrow Tuesday um, I'll be here and the good news is he won't be here on Wednesday so that's <laughs> all, that's it from us tonight a slightly different weekend <laughs> wrap um, we'll see you all again tomorrow night when we'll do it all again bye bye